Welcome to Talk to Talk. I am Buzz Eisenberg. And I'm Bill Newman. And we have with us in the studio political consultant, political expert, Josh Silver. So pleased that Josh could be with us today and share some political gold with Josh Silver. There was a new Quinnipiac College poll just came out. Buzz was talking to us about it before we went on air. Josh Silver uh, has some better news for Joe Biden. Uh, what's your view? Quinnipiac, this Quinnipiac is one of the uh, respected polls, more respected polls for sure, shows uh, Biden doing better than what we've heard recently. What do you make of it? Well, good day, gentlemen. And uh, it's good to see you as always. Um, yeah, it's got, you know, it's got Biden up above Trump by six points nationally. But as 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 a rare kernel of wisdom from Bill Newman, as he said just before we went on the air, it's six states. Doesn't matter what's happening nationally. Forty-four states are predetermined. We know who is going to win that state in the general election, and the only question is what's going to happen in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada. Right? It's the same, the same dysfunctional electoral college, you know, crap that we've been dealing with in this country for a couple hundred years, and it continues, and it's unfortunate. Um, so there we have it. The question then is. Well, what is happening in the swing states? That's not as rosy of a picture. Um, Bloomberg uh, Morning Consult did a poll just that was released just yesterday. Arizona, Trump's up by three. Georgia, Trump up by eight. Michigan, up by five. Nevada, up by eight. Uh, Pennsylvania, up by three. Wisconsin, up by five. So if you care about who wins the presidential, and of course, Donald Trump is going to win the nomination, February 24th, we've got the South Carolina primary, and that, of course, is Nikki Haley's home state. She was the governor there, and she's down by some 30 points. She will lose. And so the question then becomes, what shakes out between now and November that will determine whether or not our country spirals into authoritarianism, or it can just keep kind of limping along under another sort of semi-dysfunctional gridlocked Democratic administration where the Congress, you know, is going to be certainly the Senate or the House is likely to be controlled by the Republicans. Things will be locked up as they are now, but at least the world won't burn. So that's the question. Well, I'd like to just return. I'm feeling a little bit lonely here between you and Mr. Newman because when I looked at that Quinnipiac poll at about 4 o'clock this morning, I see that women, by 58 to 36 percent, are now supporting Biden, which is substantially greater than the 53 to 41 in December and substantially greater than the 53 to 47, albeit nationally. But I'm just wondering whether the fact that Donald Trump can't distinguish between Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley in in an important speech that he was giving... Uh, the fact that uh, Nikki Haley is gaining support as to Donald Trump in a lot of states. I'm just wondering whether the gender gap is widening and that might steal a little bit of those foregone conclusions for those 44 states you were talking about, Josh Silver. Sure. A good eye. You have a good eye at 4 a.m. That's when you're sharpest, Buzz. I Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I don't know. Were you looking at the cross tabs at 4 a.m.? Because if you were, that's... I was actually just looking at Quinnipiac. As soon as I figured out how to spell it, I was looking at the Quinnipiac poll. Yeah, the summary. So, yeah, it, that's an interesting data point. I do. I wasn't aware of it. It, it is encouraging. Again, it, it really comes down to the swing states. And 
as you've pointed out, Buzz, the only real data point that seems to be consistent is that if Trump is actually convicted of a felony before Election Day, that is the only thing that can happen between now and Election Day that seems to be moving this crucial batch of swath of never Trump voters. Trump cannot win statistically without uh, a, a decent helping of never Trump Republicans, what are currently Nikki Haley voters. And a large swath of those say, if he's convicted, I'm, I just can't vote for him. So the, the question that comes up is, is it possible that he gets convicted? And the short answer is yes. It remains, even though there's this whole delay in the first, let's back up. There's, there's three state cases, right? And there's one federal case. Uh, Just to be clear, the state cases are likely not going to be settled before Election Day. The state cases also would not include jail time in all likelihood. However, the federal case, the Jack Smith case, inciting a insurrection, that is both on a much more expedited timeline. The state prosecutors are deferring to the federal, to Jack Smith, and saying, you have your court case anytime we will move ours for yours. And and he's also, you know, Trump faces jail. He's likely to be convicted and he faces jail time. It's not it's not like you just get a slap on. And the of wrist. course, it's a Georgia case. And now there's all kinds of intrigue about uh, Fannie Willis, the, the district attorney, and whether or not she's had a, an affair with. Yeah, her. although that in a way that doesn't it's a distraction because she she, as you know, she leveled such a comprehensive, massive set of indictments against him that there was no way that was going to play out this year and that's going to run into next year no matter what. So that, that that's an election interference case and it's the, the evidence is not going to be pretty. No, but it's, it's sort of a cluster and it's like going to take a long time anyway. So despite this whole thing with Fannie Willis, which and is... And what all- about the, 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 the Carroll judgment of $83.3 million for having, albeit civil, having raped a woman yeah. and being ordered by a jury to pay $83 million. It's stunning. And then, of course, he's about to face hundreds of millions of dollars in fines in New York and have the inability to do business in New York, which is going to be another massive ding on this guy. So, no, it, 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 and, and also it's notable that the $83 million, everyone agrees, the reason it was so high is because he could not control himself in court, that he was absolutely rogue and he would blurt out witch hunt this is a con job he was actually maligning the the defendant or actually the prosecutor and and Eugene Carroll during the trial in front of jurors it was like storming out during the clo- so Bill Newman does any of this ever the Pollyanna Buzz Eisenberg's asking you does this change your foregone conclusion in 44 states view absolutely absolutely not on the 44 states and I don't really think it's worth much discussion of the 44 states. Uh, there'll be lots to talk about on election night when the big board is there and they're counting it up as if it's a big mystery how New York is going to vote. It's an enormous, vis- vic- you know, uh, undecided question. Uh, how is uh, South, South Carolina going to vote? It's not. Um, what we care about are those states that Josh Silver identified, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, probably Minnesota, throw that in the mix, uh, Nevada, Arizona, uh, and maybe one or two others. Um, And what I am more concerned about than the 44 states is how it is possible 
that Biden will overcome what are very substantial leads in the lead in the poll by Trump. Eight points. That's a lot in Georgia. Eight points. That's a lot in Nevada. Biden won Nevada last time. He's now down eight points to, to Trump. I think he's in very, very serious struggle. And I think you can hear it in the certainly in the chattering class in which the unthinkable Donald Trump's returning to the presidency is now viewed and talked about as a, well, likelihood. I mean, it's really frightening, uh, which gets me to my next question for Josh Silver, which is how is this going to play out with the other parties involved, particularly with regard to Kennedy's uh, being on the, uh, uh, on the Libertarian uh, Party uh, plank in, in those swing states. Enlighten us about that, if you would, please, Josh Silver. And I want to hear from you, Josh Silver, but I, I have to disagree with my brother Bill, because it, on the one hand, we're saying, no, we don't have to talk about that. It, it, it's just a waste of our breath to even talk about that stuff. And on the other hand, saying, what's going to change the equation for, for uh, we have to talk more about Donald Trump's misdeeds, about his failing cognition about we just have to hear more about that in those states and all states i mean it's anyway josh silver yeah well and one thing we can bookmark guys is like don't underestimate the extent to which nation states like russia iran are massively manipulating american social media too because you wonder how is it that the biden narrative that he's so old that he's incompetent and unable to be president how has it gotten so sticky, so many places, so ubiquitous? Why is it such a powerful narrative when one of you guys just mentioned at the same time, Trump is like mixing up Pelosi and Haley in a speech. And a lot of that is, according to my colleagues, people, peers that I know who are on the digital disinformation front, there is massive digital manipulation happening from other nation states right now in the United States that's driving so much of this. The FBI director just warned about yeah. Chinese hackers it's and manipulating. Stunning. And it just happened in, I think, Slovakia, where they had an election. And the day before, they do AI videos and audios in an attempt to manipulate the electorate the day before. Right. Because it gives yeah. you very little time in order to figure out what's true or not. Right. And some people say, hey, you know, well, China, like, why would tr why would China do anything to benefit Trump? China, Trump is so infamously anti-China. But they also China also knows that that Donald Trump is an anti-interventionist and that if he's president, they could invade Taiwan and he's going to look the other way and he's not going to intervene. So there's a lot there. Now, getting back to Bill's question about RFK Jr., I think the biggest threat, guys, is the fact that RFK Jr. just over the past week has made very strong indications that he's looking towards the libertarian ballot line, which his problem right now is that he can't get on the ballot in most states because he's too late and the requirements are so expensive and egregious. Remember, it's about a $75 million project to get a presidential candidate on the ballot in all 50 states. Not if you're a libertarian. And the Libertarian Party likes him. They love him. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. has higher favorability rates uh, levels than Why? Trump and Biden. His what? name, his name, and he also has a libertarian streak around like government off my back. Don't tell me to get vaccinated. You know, it's very popular. What about on the environment, as Dan? 
But I mean, isn't that his big issue? Uh, it was. I mean, until like he went crazy. Thing. I mean, you know, yeah, like I, RFK went off the rails a few years ago, but he I, was a fantastic fighter for climate. Josh, I want to ask you about another third party candidate. I mean, the no labels conversation about Joe Manchin, is that a greater threat, you think, to Joe Biden? Because I, I think it if is. they did, yeah. It is. They're, they're both major. Uh, no labels is on the ballot, I believe, in 13 states now and climbing. They have a lot of money. Um, they're embroiled in a lot of legal cases right now, but they pose a an existential threat. The the problem that no labels faces is that nobody really wants to get on their ticket who has any real clout because the person who decides whether it's Joe Manchin or, or John Huntsman or anybody else, if they get on the ticket, they are going to be hated by everybody and they're going to lose. And they know that. And so no labels has a real problem getting the kind of pedigree that would be needed to actually give them a, a credible poor but you know credible attempt we are speaking with well political consultant analyst i think i gotta say genius josh silver oh geez oh yeah we will be right back and continue our conversation well it was only you're nine listening months. to talk the talk with bill newman and buzz I you're listening to talk the talk with bill newman and buzz eisenberg whmp and we are back with Josh Silver. Bill, during the break, you were having a conversation with Josh. I was. And what we were talking about was what effect the Trump indictments will have on the presidential election. And the point that Josh was making was it's the only thing that seems to move the polls because there is a swath of voters whose vote might well change if Trump is convicted of a serious criminal matter. He's not going to be criminally convicted in Georgia because it's a massive RICO indictment, and that case isn't going to trial anytime soon. With regard to the payoffs to Stormy Daniels in New York, nobody cares. With regard to the uh, mishandling of classified documents in Florida, a few people care, but uh, I don't think it matters much. It certainly doesn't affect any Trump supporters. However, the Jack Smith indictment, that Trump is guilty of being involved in an insurrection and trying to overthrow the United States government, well, that gets people's attention and that might matter. And the question I had was some disagreement with Josh is whether or not that case will actually go to trial soon enough to influence the election. What do you hear, Josh? Well, first of all, during the commercial break, we were talking about our, our favorite taco recipes, but that was well played. <laughs> Bill, well played. Um, no, I, I, there's a lot of speculation, but I, as I was saying, the, the Supreme Court blogs and nerds who follow this closely continue to say that there's a couple things going on that are interesting as it result r relates to Trump and the federal case. One is that the D.C. Court of Appeals that just considered and listened to arguments in in January have been taking a long time because they are trying to get a three to zero unanimous decision because that is both harder to repeal when it moves up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has a precedent of very, very infrequently overturning uh, un uh, unanimous decisions like that. Um, yes, it could be, it will be appealed in the Court of Appeals before it goes to the Supreme Court. 
But the consensus is that the Supreme Court, which adjourns around the month of June, will be under tremendous pressure to expedite and actually render that decision before they adjourn for the summer. And if that's the case, which is likely, then the federal court case, the Jack Smith case, will go to trial. Granted, as you're alluding to, Bill, you can't just, Jack can't snap his fingers and say, okay, we're going to go to trial in July next month. It's going to take a few months. But the idea of a Trump federal trial in, say, September continues to be the likelihood, a conviction of Donald Trump for uh, instigating an insurrection becomes, it still is likely that he would be convicted. And that is a crime that would necessitate jail time. So this is all unprecedented, but this is, we are not in a situation right now where Trump is going to once again slither through the cracks and it looks like it's a given that he's going to make it and his delay tactics will work and he'll get past election day. Right now, as of now, I would say odds are that he still does go to trial for these federal crimes before the election. Hmm. Except, Josh, that uh, in the federal system, even after, if there is a conviction, um, there then is a uh, pre-sentence procedure and an investigation that is conducted before sentencing occurs. So even if there is a trial, it is it seems to me unlikely that he'll be sentenced before the election. Correct, but that's um, actually the best case scenario because if he's sent, sentenced and sent off to jail before the election, there would be massive civil unrest and violence. And and everybody knows that. And that is not going to be the right look. I think there I don't think there's any s- scenario in which he gets actually sentenced to jail before election day as the Republican nominee. So the Democrats, that gets us back to the top, right, which is Democrats still are facing the need to beat Donald Trump. And and Joe Biden is currently over a barrel in two main areas that are really problematic for him. Number one, you've been hearing a lot about the immigration bill, the fact that the House is trying to block it just from the the, the, the far right is is got their their hooks into the Speaker Johnson, Mike Johnson, and is disallowing him from cutting any kind of deal. The Senate has some like rare creatures called moderate, reasonable Republicans who are who are on their way to cutting a deal with Democrats. But now we're seeing that there are progressive caucus and and Latino caucus, Hispanic caucus, uh, Democratic House members who are now saying we can't get behind this Senate deal. We were not included in the negotiations and it doesn't that doesn't include enough and the dreamers, et cetera. So. We are once again seeing the scenario where the far left is gumming up Biden's ability to deal with a completely out of control autocratic Republican Party. So I am not one historically to ever say, oh, well, the progressives are bad and the far left's bad because I actually believe that you need to go for it. You need to have like a you need to have a an aggressive like if you want universal health care, which we should have. You go for it. You know, if you want to have the Dreamers Act passed, you go for it. But aspirations are okay. Yeah. In this case, though, we are in a world where we are at a greater threat to the future of American democracy and our country and the stability of this nation. We are at the cusp of a civil war in a way we haven't seen since the, the since the 1800s. And, and in that environment, all the rules are different. And in this environment, you cannot have the the perfect being the enemy of the good. You've got to cut some sort of immigration deal, 
so that Joe Biden can stand up and say, no, I don't believe in open, porous borders. I cut a smart, practical deal with Republicans. That is what's going to win the election. And and that is what he's going to, he's going to be denied. And Bill, the the other right. that's on the the political side of things, and on the judicial side of things, uh, Jack Smith has repeatedly filed motions to expedite. I happen to be familiar with that courthouse and that D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. We filed motions to expedite because we had people in custody in Guantanamo Bay, and we were always trying to expedite review. But quite often, the the retort and the retort here. From uh, from Trump's attorneys are well, we don't have enough facts. The facts are voluminous. We need more time. But if in fact there's a conviction, the facts are all adduced at that point. Everyone has the facts, and I wouldn't be surprised if the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals would then expedite review yeah. of an appeal at that juncture. Because as you say, Josh Silver, it is historic. We haven't had this since the Civil War, and we have a presidency at stake. And there's if ever there's a Time to expedite and get a resolution of whether these convictions are lawful or not. That would be the time to expedite them, Bill Newman. Yeah, well, that it's not happening before the election. It's just not. I, I a trial, sentencing. The, the appeal doesn't go up till after the sentencing, and and a decision from the court of appeals after a conviction. Not a chance. Not a chance. But that said, I would like to get back to Josh for a second because there was a second issue you were going to identify, uh, oh, and I is think it's a little thing the, called the, Israel. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, and it's been interesting because I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Biden is expected to issue an executive order today targeting Israeli settlers in the West Bank who are committing crimes, war crimes uh, in, in the West Bank. He's got to do this. Like we're in a situation where there is there is genocide happening in Gaza. We see upwards of over over 30,000 Gazans killed and he's absolutely just losing young voters in mass right now. Young voters who are like, I don't care about the politics of Israel. I don't care about, like, you can't support genocide. It's simple. And I think by the Biden administration is finally getting their head around that. But they have this thorny thing called Netanyahu, who's a complete whack job running Israel, who is the biggest war hawk that country's seen probably in modern times. And so... You know, Israel's terrifying. What's happening with Hezbollah in the north is terrifying. Uh, this continues to be a tinderbox. And the only thing that gives me some solace is it seems like Blinken, our secretary of state, has done a very good job of making it clear to Iran and the other the other m- most dangerous players that we are not interested in this conflating. And it seems like everyone sort of feels in agreement on that. It seems to be the case, but uh, we are we are definitely on thin ice right now. All right. How does it play out for Biden? If he doesn't, if Israel doesn't stop this horrifying military operation in Gaza, he's going to lose that group of voters which got him over the top last time, which he's lost in massive numbers now, which is the group of young voters. How does he play it out? How does he get Netanyahu to stop? He just has to use the the, the power of the purse, right? I mean, I think it's going to all come down to to money. Uh, the United States, by orders of magnitude, biggest funder of Israel, the Israeli military, and they Israel can't exist without the United States. And he's got to play hardball in that way, and I think he is. I think books will show that the negotiations happening right now 
between uh, Israel, the Palestinians, the United States are far more elaborate. And uh, in terms of, you know, the creating a, a state for Palestine, which I think discussions are under very well underway in a way they have never been. Um, but I think we might be surprised to see some sort of deal that emerges. It may be in a post Netanyahu administration, but something seismic is going to happen in that region as a result of this con- uh, th- this conflict. Well, one one final question for you, Josh Silver, which is if you had Biden's ear right now, it seems to me that the question these droves of young people that are uh, losing uh, that that Biden's losing the support of. The question is, how do we I don't think that they're going to run to Trump and vote for Trump. They're just not going to vote is what the concern is of the Democratic Party. So what does Biden have to do other than what you just mentioned, which is uh, seems to me a smaller measure? What does Biden have to do to ensure that they're going to come out and vote? He's got to show real there there when it comes to Israel. He's got to show real there there on the issues that they care about. I think this the, the student debt relief has been really a good issue for him. Uh, but he's walking this really tough tightrope, Buzz. He's like trying to appease the moderates and the never Trump Republicans, as we just talked about with the border, while he's trying to appease the young people who tend to be far left and really progressive. And he needs both in order to win this election. And so, you know, the only thing that's going to really work is if he can continue to do that well and the forces of good manipulate social media to his advantage in ways, nefarious ways that are similarly being done against Biden. That has to be happening on Biden's side. And I think there is increased efforts to do that. But there's this dark arts war happening on social media that will have a tremendous impact on how this election goes. Well, well, Josh Silver, hey, you know where I live. I want you to come when I'm reading the morning paper and having my cup of coffee. I need you every morning. Too early. Oh, too early. Okay. We're going to be right back. We got all that jazz. Thank you so much, Josh Silver. You bet. You've only got three competitors, tacos, enchiladas, and beans from the Mississippi. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.